Hey everybody, I'm Jody Vance. And I'm George Affleck. And it's time for... Billions. Billions of dollars. Unspot. George, are we talking budgets right off the top? Right off the game. Oh my God. 1.96. I mean, come on. $2 billion budget in Vancouver. Operating budget. Insane. Two billion. When I started, when when Vision Vancouver got elected in 2008, it was a $600 million budget in Vancouver. Now we're at $2 billion. billion. It's nuts. It's nuts. I can't even wrap my head around that number. Yeah. It's out of control is what it is. Before we dive into the numbers, yes. I just want to point out the fact that it feels like nonstop tax increases, tax on tax on tax, this tax, that tax, you got to opt in and opt out and do whatever tax and you're going to tax, 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 and nothing seems to be getting done in terms <laughs> of the needs and infrastructure. So please tell me, George Affleck, yes. that somewhere in this $2 billion budget <laughs> we're gonna see some improvement in this city because as a born and raised vancouverite i'm very very worried about the city yes well i mean yes and no i mean there is so for, let's just give it so 1.96 billion so two billion dollar budget 12 percent overall increase but a 9.6 percent tax increase ken sim promised he wouldn't do over a 10 percent tax increase there wouldn't be any 10 percent tax increase won't be any 10 percent tax increases under my control so he's you know 9.6 very close 9.6 very close Ken nice one good spin on that one uh there's a couple of, I, I don't have the full budget yet uh I've only got the highlights you know obviously the, the two ones that you'll love one is street cleaning okay. that's that's an 12.9 percent increase so that's a lot of cash street. and then uh, okay. of course park board now is that just the, oh, wait yeah. wait wait yeah yeah street cleaning Yes. Is that just like driving around in a street cleaner and cleaning streets, or is that like actually cleaning up? <laughs> well, I don't know how, how you micro uh, break that down. But like uh, every every yeah, lamppost yeah. going down, let's just say fourth, which is second, which is sixth, right? Fourth Avenue that becomes mm -hmm. Great Northern Way. That stretch of road all the way down from one end of Vancouver, really, to middle of East Van, let's call it. So one stretch yes. of road. Every single lamppost has graffiti on it. Yeah. And so one of the interesting things is BIAs are kind of ch uh, charged with a lot of that stuff. I noticed also there's uh, an increase for the BIAs, a significant increase. I, um, okay. I don't know what it is. But anyways, just so you know, when you see a BIA increase, it's a, it's a, it's a, um, uh, it's a flow through. So it's a tax. Uh, it's the, the, they actually, the city collects the money and then gives it front to the BIA. So there's a, so business they, Improvement they Association. Penny. Yes, the Business right. Improvement okay. are getting a lot more money. I'm guessing that's okay. also for cleaning, uh, probably for graffiti if they're smart BIAs. Um, so you've got the street cleaning budget overall that the city will be doing, and then BIAs are getting a bunch more cash, which come from the businesses. So that's going to hit the businesses directly uh, because yeah. we pay. So it's a, it's a flow through. So I get an invoice. I pay it as a business to the city. The city then gives the cash to the BIA. So it's still a tax. It's just it's. I like that kind of tax because I it's a exact. I know where my money's going. I'm giving the. I want to know BIA where my money's going. Thousand bucks. I'm going. Yeah. Okay, you're going to clean the graffiti. Awesome. Um, and I can complain about my BIA if it's not doing its job. Right. So we'll keep an eye on that, and hopefully things will move fairly quickly because it feels like we're way behind 
also feeling like we're way behind on crime. So where does policing fall in this budget? Because we know how contentious that issue was yeah. uh, with the prior administration. Even well, though he's responsible for decriminalizing the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a 15% uh, increase in uh, up in what's called support services. So that's a whole bunch of stuff, e-com and police. So big increase. That's our biggest budget line item is is that, uh, you know, over almost $400 million of that money goes to policing. So it's it's a lot of money. And, uh, you know, what's so they're getting the money and then park board, par parking's back. So you saw that 40% increase in parking revenue. <laughs> for park board because uh, they had stopped all their parking because of all their bike lanes so you'll be happy about that so you'll be able to park i am happy park about board that makes cash to pay for operations so i just wonder once again i like to say this all the time to people like there's two budgets the city has there's a operating budget which is your day-to-day -day operations street cleaning that kind of stuff then there's a capital budget which is building things like a pool or building a bridge or building roads or putting in infrastructure sewers. yeah exactly yeah. so it's there two that, that also is a two billion dollar budget um, and that is borrowed money or money that they get from development cost levies or community amenity contributions or other uh, funding formulas. Uh, Which, a lot can of I jump in there? Borrowed. Yeah. But because I want to jump in there because there was a time where that bank account was stacked because of the development, because of the real estate that was booming and all of the fees that were associated to, with that. You were talking about how that the the city started to use that bank account in a way that was almost like cookies 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 huh. instead of actually doing the you know how many times have we heard the things around this city that need repair that are crumbling infrastructure broken mm -hmm. I, you know driving down a road now it used to be lanes in the in and around kitsilano would feel like you were driving down an old country road potholes and what yeah. have you i remember when those were fixed when side roads were improved, right? When infrastructure was improved and more and more driving around the city, it's like, junk, you know, because it's right. not fixed. And, and you know, and Park Board, by the way, hasn't was we, the city when I was there scooped away a hundred million dollars that they had set aside for right. from levies for Park Board because they were so incompetent that they didn't use the, the money to build anything. So just to be clear, though, um, and this is the case for most cities, uh, you have these development cost levies so that uh, when you build a building, you have to pay a bunch of money for sewers or whatever upgrades that need to be done. Right. CACs, in the case of Vancouver, they're kind of all over the map. Most community amenity contributions in cities are fixed. And this is cash. Also, developers pay for specific things. Now, there are is a requirement that in in a capital budget, in these these fund this funding, it's very specific in what they're for. It's not meant to be spent on anything you want. So, you know, it's like a new park for the neighborhood or or sewers or in that neighborhood. It's usually related specifically to that development to ensure that that development doesn't impact the neighborhood in a negative way, whether that be underground or above the ground. So parks and sewers, like two different things completely, very important but for when people move into important. a neighborhood. Um, right. What, but what happened over many years with Vision and when I was there is they would re, you can, you can do it through a vote, uh, council can reallocate that money. And they did that often. They would take the money that was meant for a neighborhood, say we're in Southeast Vancouver that was raised. And because it hadn't been used yet, they'd move it over to some other project. And certainly with Park Board, they snapped away a hundred million that was meant for pools and all that kind of stuff because Park Board wasn't using it. And we said, ah, we're going to reallocate that. I, of course, voted against that. Um, but it was money that the park board just simply wasn't that was allocated to them that they weren't using. Another part of this budget is, uh, and I've talked about this, 
um, is the fact that they have a negative savings account. Basically, I'll put it in simple terms. They used up all the extra cash that was lying around. I think it was around 60 or 70 million that they had in the bank um, because of the, because of the, because of COVID. Now, if you notice the tax increase in Burnaby, our neighbor is 3.99%. Here in Vancouver, we're at a 9.6% increase. You know why? I would buy. It's because under the now you know, re, ousted David uh, um, uh, Corrigan, um, uh, Mayor Corrigan, um, who was a previous mayor, got kicked booted out in 2018. He was really adamant that housing wasn't their their file. As a result, they didn't spend any money on housing, and as a result of that. Burnaby saved so much. I think actually over a billion dollars. I forget the exact number. I think they had $2 billion set aside or something that they had collected from CACs and all this other stuff that they could use, a basically savings account that they could set that was set aside for them. Um, so they haven't had to rely on any and dipping in and asking for taxpayers to increase taxes like you've seen in Vancouver and other neighborhoods. Vancouver, and this was, I, I mean, I've talked about this. I said this when I was elected over and over again, when times were great, that entire time I was there, the economy was great. Uh, the interest rates were low and uh, we had almost zero inflation. My argument all was like, guys, every year we'd have a, sur a surplus. We're not allowed to have surpluses. You have to spend the money you have and you can't make, you can't lose money either. It's not, you're not, you're not allowed to have, whenever they say, oh, it's a balanced budget. Cities are required to have balanced budget. It's not an option. You have to balance right. the budget. What we weren't doing, though, is taking any money that we'd have at the end of the year and putting it into savings. We didn't save anything. All we kept doing was increasing taxes, spending that money like crazy, and we never saved any money or set aside any. And we spent so much money on housing. We increased our, CA, our, our capital budget. We increased our borrowing to pay for housing. Borrowing now, as you know, went from we were, I think the interest rates that we were paying a city was at three or four or 5% locked in when I was there. Now, if you want to borrow money, what are you paying on interest now? 10%. So if the city's borrowing money for the $500 million capital budget, which is twice what it used to be, um, if they have to borrow 200 or $300 million at 10%, that then impacts the operating budget. So in order to, you want to borrow money for something in the capital, this is where it impacts the operating budget. So you have the capital, the operating. If you borrow money at 10%, to build stuff, you have to pay that money, that interest in that off with your capital budget. So in the capital budget, the, the impact on that is it, it represents, it's around, I think it's 15% of the operating budget is now just to pay down debt. Right. So you look at 15%. Which is not every, getting stuff done. No, and for every percent uh, is yeah. around $8 million in operating. So if, if you want to raise your taxes, it's 8 million, 1% is $8 million in, in cash for the city. So every time you want 1%, 1%. So, so that's at 15%, 8 million times 15. You do the math. That's a big chunk of the budget. That's just paying borrowed money. And I was always like, pay down the debt, save some money while times are good. Yeah. Because guess what? Times are going to get bad. And here we are. And there's no and savings. The city now has to raise taxes at 9.6%. When right now, you and I know, everyone knows, you go in to buy a, 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 some butter, what is the price of butters tripled in the past year? Yeah. Things like I can't afford yeah. 9.6%. Nobody can. And no, now no. the city's doing this to us. It's it's bad policy long-term that uh, I blame certainly on Vision Vancouver, uh, a previous administration, and the last four years also with terrible administration didn't plan for the worst. They they had a, sure, they had a, we had a COVID, but they also knew a recession was coming, didn't plan for it.
No, and other jurisdictions around the city of Vancouver managed to get stuff done during COVID, which I will never forget, nor forgive the fact that our mayor at the time came, stepped up and Panic. said, we're screwed, we're broke, we're, we're you know, everybody's going to die, the police aren't coming and the firemen's not coming. It's like, what? Yeah. And the end, nothing's getting done. It's ridiculous. So, okay, I'm, I'm going to move forward. Yes. Um, the... The part of this that I really want to touch on that it, it, this is a tough one for me because you and I both just went double nickels. So the two of us can look at the increased property taxes and say, you know what? We we can defer. We can defer. Won't hit us. Hard. 55 plus. Young yeah. people, double nickels, mm -hmm. 55 plus. Mm -hmm. We can mm -hmm. defer. How many people in the city of Vancouver, because people always talk about legacy real estate and, and single um family dwellings and people handing down or generational wealth or whatever, whatever you want mm -hmm, to frame mm -hmm. it as, um, how many people are now going to do that? And what, wh like, mm -hmm. will this and not hit young people extra? Like, I don't even need to worry about myself in this moment. And I find I do as a middle, as a moderate, whatever you want to call me, I want to take care of my neighbors and I want to set, I want to leave things better than I found it. And I feel like we are spiraling in a way that uh, the unaffordability of where we're at right now, that raising, as you said, not 10%, but 9.6% after what we've already experienced over the last yeah. number of years, it's, it's adding up, George. I guess well, and remember, it's 9.6% tax increase, but a 12% increase in the budget. So money's coming right. from other sources. So I always think you have to look at that. Okay, you are increase. I mean, a twelve point six. You're not. You're not a for-profit company. If I was raising my budget by twelve percent as a business, you know that means I'm having some prosperity, and then I'm you know things are good. But when nine point six percent of that is coming through, paying you know charging and expecting people just to pay me more money. I mean that doesn't work that way in the private sector. The government thinks, oh well, we'll just increase the budget instead of saying let's try to increase the budget four percent. Okay, if we right. increase the budget four percent. Well, however that works, then what does that mean? How does that change the revenue structure and the tax increase? That's what I haven't seen. And that's what I look forward to seeing. I think it's a March 7th is when the full thing will be presented. The full budget. Because that's what we keep talking about is wanting that line by line. Right? Yeah. Like wanting to be able to see. And like, can we just, uh, we watched, did you watch Global Morning News today on Thursday? No. This is, no okay. I saw so I was watching and I saw. Sarah Kirby Young, but I think you had Mike Klassen. It was Mike Klassen today. And it, it was interesting because Mike, Mike did. I, I like my class in you and I've talked about it before. He, you know, we've worked on events together and, and through BC care providers. I've great, great, sure. great person. Great person. He believes in trying to make the city better, but he's finding himself up to his neck in politics. Right. Cause once you get in, as you often uh -huh. say, George, is you realize just how little you can do and how much actual red tape and bureaucracy there might yeah. be and how much mm. everything costs. Like there's a bunch of that. But yeah. what he was coming at, because the questions around this increase in the property tax, and, and he kind of took the tack, the spin, dare I say, here on Unspun yes. Podcast, that he was like, well, you know, we, he goes, I'm new, and I'm having yeah. an opportunity to look around at what mm -hmm. hasn't been done and what has been neglected. I'm paraphrasing here, but sure. basically saying that and mentioned, you know, waste high weeds that need to be mowed. And I'm like, that's not a city hall thing. Um, but it's, uh -huh. it's on the trigger points, right? The touch points that people are yeah. really frustrated about in this city. Cause we do drive elsewhere just across boundaries, literally boundary road. And somehow it's better. 
in yep. other jurisdictions like what is so broken in this town and yeah. and the well, spin around elect, this they don't have an elected park board in Burnaby. that's one thing that's why you see a nicer cleaner parks you know all that politics of of parks uh there are a couple of things that are happening in, in my mind i think that totally a spin on mike's part i think there are no offense but i think you know he's been around long enough to know about that stuff and you know if you're elected you got a four-year term you do the pain as fast as you possibly can. As far right. as I can tell right now, the pain is increasing taxes, not slashing. And I'm curious why, why you wouldn't do the painful, painful cutting uh, at this stage as well to lose things that might be, you know, uh, big people are angry or whatever. There's politicization. He said there was nowhere to cut. Oh, come he said on. There was nowhere. Give me a break. Housing is one of them. It's I know, I know it's people say, oh, housing, housing, but the cities. Uh, involvement in the housing file is insane. And it's not just the stuff that you see press releases about. And, and the recent relationship with the province is great, but we can't be spending $300 million a year on housing. It's just not our job. And I think that, and if we're borrowing that money, as I said earlier, if you have to borrow $200 million to do a work on a file that isn't supposed to be your responsibility and you're paying a 10% interest on $300 right. million per year. So you're looking at a billion dollars that you're going to borrow over the next, I don't know, you know, these are numbers that, I, that could possibly, let's say worst case, you, get, you had to borrow 500 million over the next four years on 10%. You know, the math is crazy. That goes into your operating. So there's going to be automatic. So there's that. There's, the other, there's another issue that I think is really important that certainly Mike knows and that needs to be uh, brought up is, is Metro, the regional uh, government that is not elected. There are people that are put there through each city to says, here's our four people or two people or one person from our city. Those guys, this opaque organization that 90% of the business they do is in camera. I've been there. I sat there. I'm like, why is this all in camera? In camera being not not on camera. Not You can't see what's going on. You don't see the vote. No public. You're not even allowed there. to talk about it. Yeah. You can't. You don't know. You know. No, there's not even minutes really taken. It's just like so much of that goes on at this giant board that spends billions and billions of dollars. And the city, if you look at the budget, water, sewer, that kind of stuff is comes by the decision uh, by Metro, the cost, the increases that comes from Metro. That organization needs to get out, put under control and Vancouver and Surrey can control that. They have the dominant power. They get together and say, we need to get Metro under control. These guys are out of control. Why are they spending so much money? And yeah. clearly often badly. And yet we don't even know, we don't even talk about it. What This is a, the biggest government in the in British Columbia, it's 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 like for the size of the people, it's spending more money than any other government that we have. So, you know, as a single body of unelected people, a private little organization, it's crazy. So that's one thing that needs to be like, and he knows it. Every councilor should know this. Anybody who's been on council long enough or understands council or understands politics, and Mike certainly does, and Sarah Kirby Young does, they know that that board and that organization is is out of control and needs to be reined in. The other thing is, okay, okay, you're going to do a, you're going to hit me with a 9.6% tax increase, 12% operating budget increase. Fine. That's 200, you know, $200 million, uh, $213 million extra this year. Ugh, like, what? Okay. A $2 billion budget. I like to remind people it's not 1.96 billion. So let's, let's go. It's $2 billion budget. So, but what I'm not hearing, and that's a painful hit for us, is okay. What's it going to be? Where am I? Where am I going to be next year or the year after? The year after? Give me some hope. I don't see yeah. hope yet. I, I want to know yeah. that the goal by this council, in my mind, should be in Vancouver. Let's get to zero by year three. Like 
I want to know how you're going to get there. Tell me the goal. Do. Yeah. Like, give me, okay, I understand. It's new. You're new. You got all this bureaucracy, blah, 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 blah. Okay, fine. But give me some hope. Give me some hope. Okay. I want some hope on the park board file because you knew you knew I was going to go there. So parking uh, up, uh, the park board is going to get uh, a yep. chunk of change from this budget for sure. Mm -hmm. um, some back channel discussions have been had. People sending me DMs and reaching out about the removal of the Stanley Park bike lane and how option C we talked about here. Option C was was decided upon and and yay for access for all or Stanley Park for all or whatever it's called versus mm -hmm. the hub agenda group. I don't know what they call themselves either. I've lost count. I've lost track. Are they still getting um, money? <laughs> There's I, I wonder. Let's oh. let's look in that in the in the line by line. But what I'm getting from you know unnamed sources, I'll say, uh, is how the bureaucracy within the park board remains unhealthy, apparently, allegedly, because the people who have been elected, the, the ABC Park Board, the yes. majority of ABC, are novice mm -hmm. to the inner workings yeah. of, of how it, and, and we still have the same GM, and we still have the same staff, and there are people on staff who, can, can the people on staff, this is, I guess, my question, do mm -hmm. the people on staff need to be directed by the park board commissioners to make change, or does the does the GM ultimately direct staff? No, of course, of course, the it's a it's a governance board, and so if you go by Robert's rules of orders or a board structure, is uh, it, they're not a working board. Some councilors, certainly in the past, uh, yeah. I think they're actually engineers or planners. No, right, you're supposed to set the direction and give the general manager or whoever the CEO, whatever it might be, the direction of where you want to go. So. In the case of the park board, they've given some clear direction already. Get rid of the, you know, the bike lane. You know, there's arguments. Highlands. Is yeah. that coming or going or whatever? But uh, they also can decide. Is it going? They they decide on this. Who is the senior manager? Who is he? Who? That's the one position that general manager, the the, the commissioners decide vote on in camera on who they hire with a consultant. So you generally the, you hire a consultant. They find they do a head they headhunt. They find a person, make recommendations, and you as a as a commission, same for the council vote on that senior person people below that person quite often the general manager or or in the case of vancouver the um, uh, city manager will present people that they've headhunted and they say here are the, my three choices i'd recommend this person then council decides so you know in the case of general manager 100 in their control and the direction of the of park board is in control but you know I, okay sure you run for office you don't know what you're doing um but uh you know there is clarity there are a lot of people behind the scenes including john cooper who was on park board for you know 11 years has i know for a fact offered his help to this council to this commission uh park board commissioners to if they need his help i don't know if he's they're taking him up on it but i know he certainly offered and john mm -hmm. had a wealth of information about how things no operated. kidding not only yeah, from his no kidding. time as a commissioner but as a private citizen when he saved bloedell conservatory so I just think, you know, I don't know. I think that they're doing some, you know, lipsticky things like getting the bike lanes, but, but I, I just don't know what the plan is for the overall plan. So I know. It's I hope, I hope in that budget, and I, I'm, I'm going to go on record here at the end of February, that mm -hmm. we need lifeguards, and we need yeah. Kitts Pool and Third Beach Pool, uh, open. Can that be? Why can't that be open the all year round? Why can't kids let's pool be start with let's start with just being able to go swimming for somebody who would use that pool at, with kids 
<laughs> fitness, right? But but even as somebody who would use it every single day from the day it opened to the day it closed yeah. seasonally, mile a day, every day, part of my yeah. commute, had the seasons passed, didn't know what time of day I'd go, but I always would go. I've been swimming twice in yeah, three crazy. years. Twice crazy. on my birthday. That's what I did for my, I'm so mad about this pool, George. And, and why does it close another? On, yeah, and it closes early. I don't understand the logic. I don't understand either. I, you know what? The only answer is that it's, Poor management when it comes to the staff. Like they don't have enough money to staff the pool. And that is the only excuse that's acceptable because there's no way that it needs to close at 8 p.m. when the sun doesn't even go down until 9.30 in points of the summer. It's beautiful and hot. And why aren't we staying open until the last person says, I'm done here. And why are we underpaying our lifeguards? They are, why are, we they are first our responders. They are as important as firefighters and cops. Yeah. They get paid a pittance compared to them. And they Agreed. are sitting there saving lives every day, especially on the beaches. That's a complicated, scary yeah. job. And you know that they don't report on the people that they save. You may hear about no. the people that die, which is luckily not many. Uh, and Thank even goodness. then it's pretty, you know, but the but people that are, get saved, yeah. if they, I, I know this for a fact. I have a connection to a lifeguard and I, it's like, come on. So I'm going to go back to a year ago yeah. on uh, August long weekend. When we were told, oh, the pool, it's not going to open this year. Oh, because the king tide that happened months before and it's flooded. And then there's huge backlash. And oh, magically we can open it, but it's going to be limited because, you know, it's still mm, yep. COVID. And everybody's like, well, every we can go to a restaurant, but we can't all go into the pool. Like what? It's outdoor. What are you talking about? And then we spoke with uh, the mayor of Port Coquitlam, Brad West. And he's like, funny about these long weekends. They happen every year in the summer at the same <laughs> yeah, time right. on the same day. We had been planning for our lifeguards since January, yeah. February. Well, yeah. it's January, February, Vancouver. Yeah. You better open these that's things. It's that's ridiculous. A... That is our tax dollar. Those are that's... our tax dollars not working for us. That's a management problem that but yeah. it needs direction from count the, the count the commissioners to say get it get your house and let's get these things in order. Priorities, more lifeguards, pay them better, uh, yeah. and make sure that we can get them in all the locations that we need it. And also people who do you know tickets i mean why do you even have people you should be able to swipe a thing and walk through why are there people that still you have to kind of anyways there's a lot of tap your card man it's like a compass card get on and yeah. off the bus yeah. get on and off the bus and you can automate it saying oh. nope this place is full because there's too many people so you got to wait right. and you don't need a yeah. human to tell you that anyways yeah I I do like I do like the idea of having young people as a starting position to sit there and learn learn the ropes. It's like working the concession stands and what have you. But there yeah. needs to be there well, needs to be those. better management. Please. Can we just privatize Please. those concessions? Can we have fish and board? chips and hot dogs back? We do not need a kombucha bar for fifteen dollars a <laughs> so cup. So much okay? kombucha. So, so much kombucha. kombucha. We're over it. Make it happen. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know what else I'm kind of getting it. over here, and I want your opinion. Did you see yeah. Von Palmer's article about the Surrey Police Services? versus the Surrey RCMP and Brenda Locke's going to raise taxes in Surrey by whatever, 18% yeah. or something like yeah. that. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, because she's like, that's how expensive it's going to be yeah. to transition back to da, da, da. Uh, We've like, been where? talking about that. I predicted that. You know, even, if, even if she loses another police, if she's forced to keep the Surrey police, that's going to be yeah. a significant, yeah, look at Vancouver just as a template. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be a 30 year budget easily. Uh, and people will never, still never be happy. Okay, so, right. but let's say the decision, so the good news for her is if the decision from the province and they say that it's not political, they're just taking their time, it's a big decision, blah, blah, blah. That's what we're getting yeah. from Mike Farmworth. Um, once they decide on if it's going to be just one police force, no matter what it is, immediately she'll have a savings 
because she'll you know be able to kind of put a plan together. So the right. 16%, 17% budget increase is a one-time pain. Same as Vancouver, right? She's going, okay, I, this is going to be a painful All point, right. but next year I should be a hero. I should be able to come in at a six, seven, five budget percent budget. I mean, how do new, how did West Vancouver come in with a six percent budget? That's usually the worst city for budget increases. Have um, you seen how much construction has gone up the hill, though? Yeah, I mean, true. Yeah, I tax base. I remember a time exactly. I remember a time mm -hmm. though, looking across the water to West Vancouver, and it was the British properties back then, and you would see just a a, a smattering of homes you know, above the line of the view of West Van. It is now approaching Cypress Mountain. Like, But you know, the previous the mayor lost on this issue, right? So it's very anti-development. It's a split down the middle, that West Van. But that's where the money Council was last time. And the mayor was pro-development, kind of, you know, she was trying to finagle her way and, you know, she got the boot. Yeah. So it's a highly politicized community on development. Oh. It's like oh, West yeah. Side Vancouver, right? Same thing. These areas that live in these single family homes that, it's it's over. Move on. You guys gotta. It's you got you gotta share your space, man. <laughs> Time to share your space. Even yeah. at, like find a way to do it gently. Find a way. Find some middle. You are a living find example. Find a way to do it. I am. I, I go am by your house, your place you live. You would never be able to tell. There's four units in there or two. How many in there? Six. Six. Six units. On what was it's one? Literally, and you would drive by. You would never know it. You'd never know. Never it. know it. And, no uh, shared walls, Kitts, man. Or wherever you yeah. are, Point Grey. I don't know. West Side, West Side, West side Kitts, somewhere, whatever. Uh, somewhere uh, over there. Somewhere We're not telling people side. where I live, but somewhere. You're at the corner there, of happy and happier. Happy <laughs> and in a house I could never afford today. Yeah, I know. Yeah, sad. Yeah, I want I want people to be able to afford more, and maybe if we had some more stock available in our city that isn't, you know, fortieth floor in a tower. That's you know not conducive to a family that wants to have, you know multi kids and and pets and what have Works you, for but for some it does yeah, I know. right. So like we we need a balance to that type of density and and I think there's a big piece of that that has to be uh, shaken into the single family dwelling protectors the NIMBYs <laughs> right. So hey, I'm yeah, not I'm we, not we're on Zoom now. I have no idea where we are with time, but I want to talk about we're at Mark. 30 minutes. We got to stop. We're just hitting just, our mark. Just want to hit but Melanie Mark's decision to step yes, down. Yes. I unbelievable. like wow. She just like went to town on yesterday saying, you know, she's torture NDP, chamber. Yeah. NDP uh, represents Mount Pleasant, which is where my office is, saying basically I can't take it anymore. The evilness, the anger, the the negativity, the bureaucracy, basically the slowness of change. Surprise, surprise. She got her six years in, so she got seven years, so she gets her pension. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, uh, I feel for her on the one hand. Me too. I was in politics. You know, it's frustrating. Uh, you get abused, for sure. Not only by sometimes people, because quite often people don't come up and say how great you are. They like to come up and tell you how shit you are. <laughs> so, but but in, in behind the scenes and the stuff that goes on, it is ugly in politics. And if you are not ready to take that, it's tough. But I, I hope what I worry about when she does that kind of stuff publicly, it discourages even more so people who are great that should run for office. So I want to, I just want to put it out there that please don't let what she said discourage you if you're interested in getting into politics, because we need good people in politics. Please. I'm going to say on the, I'm going to say on the other side of that coin though, as a woman, Got an ambulance going the, by if you can hear it. I can. It fits though, because as the yes. first First Nations woman elected 
into the legislature, um, she had a, a major hill to climb and, and, and you and I cannot imagine that hill. No. And it is, it is uh, disheartening, uh, especially to see the emotion that she had as she stood in the mm -hmm. garb with the eagle feather yeah. in her hand and people might mock that. And while I watched it, it hit me in my heart to say, we got some change to make here. And so she she did say she's going to use her big mouth in other ways. And I, I hope that she does. And anybody who takes up yeah. the gauntlet of, of politics, you have to say thank you for your service too. I say that Absolutely. to you all the time. And I agree with you in that we need more good people willing to do it. Because Absolutely. I you know, know for a fact, George Affleck, when you first sat me down before this podcast started, you're like, are you running for mayor? I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> well, and you know, and because you know, I would like to rant on, and I ran, I was in office, so maybe I have, you know, but you, at the end of the day, and I know Melanie Mark is a very personal decision to leave politics for sure, and people say family, and it's true, all that stuff. Um, but, um, you know, you can you can't make a lot of change on the outside. You right. you make more, even if you're frustrated. You may, if you want government to change, you got to run for office. So anybody out there who's thinking of running for office, and this is a teaser of something that I'm working on coming up in the next few weeks. Another you'll... teaser? Well, it's the okay, same we're thing, out of time, George. Tell me next week. Tell me next yeah, week. Uh, maybe not the full story coming, but it's coming. It's coming. Right. George <laughs> is on Twitter, at George underscore Affleck. I am at Jody Vance, Jody with a Y, at Jody Vance on Twitter. Thank you for tuning in. We love hearing back from you. Comment. Like and subscribe, people. Like and subscribe. Share Unspun Podcast. See you next week. Bye. Bye.